In episode 496 with Shana and Dana, the creators of Day Luna, we are talking all about human design and how understanding your human design will improve your relationships, the way that you parent, it'll improve your health, your purpose, and so much more. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide, and Comparisonitis. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited about this episode because I absolutely love human design. And for those of you that have never heard of Shana and Dana, the creators of Day Luna, they are human design experts, and they are on a mission to empower the collective toward self-love, personal freedom, and radical authenticity. While they specialize in the realm of self-purpose and conscious entrepreneurship, they also dive deep into topics such as spirituality, parenting, and the new paradigm on their successful podcast, the Day Lunar Human Design Podcast, which has generated over 850,000 downloads worldwide and has featured notable guests including Terry Cole, Deborah Silverman, Sahara Rose, and myself and they feel passionately called to help spread the complex and life-changing science of human design to a wider community in a grounded and approachable way, which they definitely do. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 496. Now, let's dive in. Beautiful ladies, I am so excited to have you here. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? Oh, I actually had quail eggs, which I have never had quail eggs before, but they were at my local farmer's market. And I just felt so curious. So I've been boiling these little tiny quail eggs and I, you have to eat like a bunch of them for it to equal one egg, but they're so beautiful. And, um, so yeah, I've been on the quail egg journey. Wow. Um, (laughs) (laughs) okay. Mine is not high vibe. Mine is like desperate times, desperate measures. We're remodeling my house right now. So I'm in my trailer on my side yard and we don't have a kitchen or anything. And my in-laws actually dropped off some Krispy Kreme donuts last night. (laughs) And I had a donut this morning. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. At least you were honest. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just need a donut and it's just a donut time of life, you know? Oh, beautiful ladies. I am so excited for this conversation. I love human design. I'm obsessed with it. So how did this all begin for you guys? And just so people can kind of know who is who, maybe you could say your names first so people know who is talking. 
Yeah, definitely. So this is Dana here. Shana and I have been best friends for a long time now, for over a decade. We met in college. And after we graduated college, we both went out into the world and got corporate jobs. And we felt like we were kind of like following society's normal structure for success. And when we moved into our Saturn return, which is, of course, an astrological transit that every person experiences from around age 27 to 30, that was the time where the shit really hit the fan for both of us as far as our career life. Like everything just felt like all of a sudden this massive feeling of like, this is not me. This is not right. I feel exhausted. I feel like I did everything. I checked all the boxes. I followed the rules and the structures. Why do I feel like I'm not really being myself? Why do I have this feeling of this is not it? And so both of us having that experience at the same time, we decided to kind of go on this spiritual journey together as besties. We got really into meditation and yoga and breathwork and astrology. And along that journey, we discovered human design. And when we both looked up our human design, we discovered that we're both projectors. We're both two, four projectors. And it was this huge light bulb moment for us of this is why, first of all, we've always felt so connected. We've always felt like we move through the world in the same way. And this is why working in this way at these corporate careers did not work for us. It did not serve us. We feel completely burnt out when other people around us seem to be doing fine. So it was just this light bulb moment in our own lives, in our own journeys. And that kind of led down the path eventually of us being able to guide other people with human design and create offerings in our business to help other people change their life using the strategy and authority from human design the way that it changed our lives. Yeah. So really having that moment in our careers of why isn't this working? Why does everybody else seem okay? Am I just like, lazy or I'm just a wimp or something's wrong with me? Why do I feel like something's missing in my life? And going on that journey of like, oh, okay, we're projectors and this is our design and these are our gifts. We both had this feeling of how have we not been told about this sooner? And we committed to using this practice of human design for one month and everything changed. And it just has been beautiful, wild, crazy, but so expansive journey ever since. Beautiful. I love that so much. And I love that you guys are both two, four projectors. That is awesome. And we'll talk more about that. But for someone who's like, what is human design? I've had Jenna Zoe on the show before. We've spoken about it a little bit before. Tell us what is human design and talk to us about the five types. Yeah. So we love Jenna and we love that people can go back to that episode and get a deeper dive. But human design is this system that is kind of like the new astrology. So it's really showing you who you are as a unique energetic being and really understanding your unique energy, the way it's designed, the way it's meant to operate. So human design is a system that was downloaded by a man named Ra Ruhu in the late 80s. And he connected to this higher consciousness and was able to really look at all of these ancient modalities like Western astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah tree of life, and the chakra system, and to see how these systems come together as one. And also included into this is a lot of kind of quantum mechanics, and modern sciences as well. So human design is really this like master system that's giving you such an accurate and detailed blueprint of who you are as a unique individual based on the time that you were born and the astrological energy that was imprinted onto you, creating your unique energetics from that time. 
So the thing that we love about human design is that it's so practical. It's not just like astrology where it's helping you reflect upon who you are, what your gifts are, although there's a huge part of human design that is that, that self-reflection and self-understanding. But also human design adds in these practical tools that you can apply to start really navigating life in alignment with who you really are, in alignment with your true purpose and with what your unique gifts are. So it really is kind of an experiment. You can learn about your type and then you can learn about your strategy and then your authority, which is your decision-making. And just knowing those three key components of human design can radically change your life. Of course, it's such a vast science. It gets into really understanding the places that you're empathetic, where you're taking in energy from other people. It even gets into your ideal diet and environments. There's many, many layers to human design. But just understanding these foundational things. Okay, this is my energy type, my aura type. This is my strategy based on that. And here's how I access my truth, my internal knowing within my body about how to navigate my life in alignment with my soul's purpose. Just those things are the greatest takeaways. So for anyone listening, the first thing that we would invite you to do is to pause this episode and look up your human design chart so that you can follow along and hear for yourself and feel in your body what really resonates here. So you can look up your chart for free lots of different places online. You can go to our website if you like, daylunalife.com. And you'll want to put in your birthday, your birth time, make sure that you have the AM and PM correct and that you have your time really specific. It's best if you can look at that on your uh, birth certificate because even if it's a few minutes off or an hour or two off, you can get inaccurate results on your human design chart. And once you generate your chart, you're going to pull up this body graph that has all of these shapes and numbers and arrows. And it can be like, what does all of this mean? And you don't have to know any of that right now. What we encourage you to look at are the written categories. You'll see your name and you'll see type. And next to that type, you'll either be a manifester, a generator, a manifesting generator, a projector, or reflector. So those are the five human design types. And Whichever type you are is going to give you so much insight on the way that your energetic body works, the way that your aura is communicating to other people in this very unconscious but extremely felt way. So understanding our aura and starting to practice that strategy really gives us this greater understanding of the way that we're moving through the world, not just as a physical being, but as an energetic being that is completely in connection all the time with the energy around us. So out of those five types, if you are a manifester, that's the type that I want to talk about first. Manifestors are more rare. Less than 10% of the population are manifestors. And manifestors have this very powerful aura that is designed to feel impactful. It's designed to initiate other people into change. Your aura, if you're a manifester, is designed to inspire other people into creating new things and innovating. So knowing this about yourself is huge. Knowing that you have this powerful aura, even if you only say one word, it's almost amplified. And with being this manifester, you also have this closed quality where people can't really read what you're thinking or what's going on within you. So as a manifester, the way that you use your strategy of informing is opening up your voice and really communicating what's going on inside of you. And by doing that, you really work with the energetics of your aura and allow people to kind of get on board with whatever it is you're wanting to initiate, 
whatever change you're wanting to create. So as a manifester, really just focusing on that informing and knowing that you're designed to be powerful, but that you do have this kind of closed aura. Then as we're moving on to the next type, which is generators, which is what you are, Melissa, generators are more than 30% of the population. And as a generator, you have such a beautiful aura. We love being in the presence of a generator aura because your aura feels open and enveloping. It's almost like your energy is this warm hug. And generators are really here to use their creative life force, doing and building what they love, what lights them up. And when generators are really doing the work that their body is just so lit up by, they emanate this life force energy that spills out of their aura and feeds and nourishes the world around them. So generators have this very caring and warm sort of feeling, but they are really inherently creative and here to really build what their body is lit up by. So as a generator, it's all about using your body, not your mind. Your strategy is called responding. So you're letting your body respond to the things in your environment to tell you what is in alignment for you to create or to work on. So with this generator aura, how do you feel about having that, Melissa? Oh my gosh, I love it. And it makes so much sense. When I understood and learned more about even astrology and human design, it was literally like, ah, an exhale. I'm like, ah, that makes so much sense to me. It's like all of the pieces coming together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. And it's so, it's so empowering to be around a generator who's really doing what lights them up or a manifesting generator. It's just, you can feel it. You can feel that person's life force, like spilling out of their aura and really influencing you and inspiring you to want to do what you love as well. So the next type is manifesting generators. And that's kind of a hybrid of the first two. That generator aura, you're here to really build with your love. You're here to use your body to respond to the things in your environment so that you know what you're here to work on. And you have this manifester kind of quality of that being designed to be really impactful and inspirational and here to kind of initiate and make change and trailblaze. So manifesting generators are still here to build what they love and to listen to their body to do that. And they can really practice informing because they are going to blaze a new trail in this lifetime. They are going to do things in a new way. And they're really here to do that. The difference between a generator and a manifesting generator, which we'll talk into more detail, but a generator can be a bit more singular in their focus. When their body responds to something and they're totally lit up by something, they can work on that thing for hours and just be so into it. Whereas a manifesting generator needs a bit more variety and play. It's like they're engaged with that thing. Maybe they work on it for two hours or for one hour, but then they're wanting to move on to something else. So that variety is key for them. And then we get into projectors, which is what Shana and I are. So projectors are more rare, once again, less than 20% of the population. Projectors are here to guide. They have this aura that goes into the other, that penetrates into the other to see other people. So because of this, projectors can really see others and give them advice to help them become their most authentic and efficient version of themselves. And in the same way, their aura can go into businesses, into projects, and to really see things in a different and unique way. Now, in order for projectors' advice to be received, they have to apply their strategy, which is waiting for the invitation, making sure that their advice is wanted that there's space for it to land, that the other person really recognizes their wisdom and is energetically open to receiving that. 
So if a projector is trying to give that advice when that invitation is not there, it can be really repelling. And so a projector is also a non-energy being, which means that they're designed to work a bit less. Two to four hours a day of hard output is what's most sustainable for a projector. So that's why Shane and I, when we were in these corporate jobs, working 40 hours a week, it just felt so off to the way that our energy was really designed to function. So once we focused more on what we see in, in a unique way and waiting for that invitation, everything really changed in our lives. And then lastly, our reflectors. Reflectors are only 1% of the population. So these are like our human design unicorns. And reflectors are completely empathetic beings. They are designed to take in all of the energy of the world around them and temporarily experience that energy within themselves. So they're reflecting that environment around them. And they have this sacred purpose because of that to be our gauges, to tell us if we are authentic and well and healthy as a collective, or if we're kind of off or out of alignment in some way. Now, the reflector's strategy to really help them live life on their own terms and in alignment with their own purpose is actually slowing down and attuning to the moon cycles. Reflectors are lunar beings, so the more time they can give themselves to make major life decisions, giving themselves an entire lunar phase, an entire lunar cycle before they make a big decision, that's really supportive for helping them find their truth. So I know that that was kind of a big rundown. We could talk about all of the five types forever. But if you're listening along, just knowing that first layer of your type and then that immediate strategy it gives you can be absolutely life-changing. I love this so much. So what percentage, I'm, I'm not sure if you said it, but for manifesting generators, what was the percent of the population for manifesting generators? Yeah, so they're about 35% of the population. Like the most out of all of them. So like manifesting generators around 35%, generators around 30%, projectors around 20, manifestors around 10, and then reflectors around 1%. Yes. And actually the generators are about 37%. So generators and manifesting generators together because they kind of function together. It's about 70% of our population has this creative energy that's here to build their own dreams. And that conditioning has really taught us to kind of like sacrifice your creative life force energy. So it's such a, a huge amount of population that generators and manifesting generators can literally change the entire paradigm once they start really living by their human design. Yeah. So we like to say, you know, man gens and generators, you're here to change the world, right? The more that you can listen to your body and tune into what your body's telling you versus what your mind is telling you what you should do or who you should be, or you should be like your neighbor or your friend or your partner, or you should have a relationship that's like your best friend's relationship. All of those comparisons, all of that judgment that you have on yourself, all of those shoulds, the more that you can kind of get out of your mind where all of that lives and drop down into your body and tune in. Do I have energy towards this thing that's in front of me? Do I feel just into it? Or do I feel like I'm kind of drudging through the mud to do this task or answer this email or make this meal? Really checking in with your body. When you do that, it's like that saying like, if you want to change the world, change yourself or whatever that saying is, I'm kind of like abbreviating it. That is the truth for mangens and generators, even more so. So it's knowing like, because you're in that, you know, bigger group of the, you know, population, I think when we hear that at first, it's like, oh, I'm not special, but that's really not the case. I want to argue that you're the most special because the more that you tune in, you spread this 
it's like this infectious, inspiring, magnetic energy as a generator or a man gen that really feeds everyone else around you. Mm, I love this so much. We actually all went camping with a whole bunch of friends and we all went around and shared our human design. And everyone was either a generator or a manifesting generator, which just blew my mind. Wow. (laughs) That is so fun. I love it. That's the future. I feel that everyone in my life, at least when we do trips or family gatherings, everybody's talking about their designs and their profiles and their gifts and everything. And it feels really good to just have that support to say, oh, you're a manifesting generator and I'm a generator. That makes sense. It gives that permission slip with this languaging of kind of knowing how your energy operates differently than each other. Totally. Having this understanding and even astrology, it just allows you to go, oh, okay, that's maybe why I am the way that I am. You know, it's so interesting. Like my husband and I, I could never understand. I'm like, because he's a manifesting generator. I'm like, I don't understand why you can't just follow through, like get this done, like do it right now. Like me as a generator, I just sit down and I write a book in two weeks you know? And like, he's just like, but I want to do this. And then I want to do that. And then I'm producing a movie and then I'm releasing a new album. And then I'm writing a novel and, and everything he does is he's successful at, but I'm like, just do one thing. But then I'm like, I can't actually say that to him because that's not part of who he is. Like him as a manifesting generator, he loves doing many things. So I think it's so cool having this understanding. And so I'm a generator. My husband is a manifesting generator. My daughter is a manifesting generator. And then my stepson, who's 16, is a projector. Wow. Wow. That is crazy. So yeah, even that understanding alone, the the cool thing with human design is like you start with yourself and you're you're like, okay, what is my energy and how does that operate? And oh, okay, that makes sense. Why I've always been the way that I am. And then it gives you these tools that are really practical of like, here's how you can work with your energy and make decisions that really align to support you versus feeling like you're swimming upstream or facing a bunch of resistance every day. So that's so incredibly helpful. But the kind of secondary benefit of this process in human design is then being able to extend that understanding and self-love to your friends and your family and having the awareness of this is what works for me. And now I understand why that doesn't work for you. Because a lot of the times we condition our family, especially out of love, because it's like, this is what works for me. I stick with one thing and I focus on it and I pour my energy into that. And because I want what's best for you, I'm going to tell you that you should do that too. And I'm really trying to help you by telling you what to do basically, but they're a manifesting generator and that actually would stifle their energy. That freedom, that play, that variety is what provides that kind of like umph into everything that they do. So if they just stick to one thing, they're going to be so bored. And that one thing that they do is going to be lifeless because they're pouring this bored, lifeless energy into that thing. So when you tap into those energetics and know like, oh, okay, actually what love looks like is me completely accepting you as you are. And I know how to do that now because I know who I am and how I'm different from you. So it's incredibly empowering. I love that you are a family of generators, two mansions, and then a projector. That's like a secret little twist in the mix there. Totally. And it's wild. Like he's so different from me and in a beautiful, beautiful way. 
he's got this real calm, very thoughtful, very intentional, like almost like he's such a soft energy, so considerate, so gentle, so kind, so poised, so stoic, you know? So it's really beautiful to see all the different energies. I just love it. And having this knowledge not only helps you in your relationships, but it helps you in every area of your life, in your career, because you can see how you work best, what's going to support you. It helps you in your relationships. Like I said, it helps you with your health. It helps you with every area of your life, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's why it's called human design, because it's literally the human experience. Every single way that we use our energetics, whether that's in, you know, our in our own internal world of like the things that we're working on internally and spiritually and emotionally and our shadows and trauma and all that healing work, right? But then there's also the way that we work with our gifts in an external way, how we condition other people in a way that can be really healthy. That might be in relationships or with coworkers or with our boss or with our employees or whoever. And then there's this low expression that we can have, which in human design, we call our not self when you're out of alignment. And then there's a high expression, which is your self-theme. When you're in alignment, you feel this, this high expression. So everything has this inward, outward, low, and high expression in human design. And it weaves into literally every aspect of our lives. So as we're moving into this new paradigm, it really is about moving away from a one-size-fits-all approach and really moving into a personalized understanding of how we are unique individuals and creating things that help people in a personal, real, individualized way. And human design is just so incredibly helpful. But of course, there's so many modalities that give you languaging towards understanding how you're different. Human design has just been one of those modalities that's the most profound and just helpful uh, to really understand who you are and what your gifts are. So the types are like the most general place. And then it goes into, you know, your authority, how you make decisions that are energetically correct for you. And then it gets into your profile. Like Dana mentioned, we're both two, four pro, uh, projectors. That's your personality archetype. And from there, it gets into your gifts, the way that you're here to help other people and show up in everything that you do. And then even into your life purpose, the energy that you're here to be in all of those things that you do. So it gets incredibly detailed and specific. And it's incredible to look at, like when we're looking at your family's charts, how you support each other and how you lean on each other when, you know, some people have different gifts than you do. And it, it can just be so liberating, especially within a family unit. Yes, I love it. So, okay, we know the type. And then you said the next thing to kind of look at is the authority. Let's talk about that because I'd love for people to kind of be able to dissect their chart a little bit. So talk to us about authority. I am a sacral authority. How many authorities are there and what do they mean? Yeah, so there's eight different authorities. So now it's getting a little more complex, but the most common authority is actually called emotional authority, which is what Nick and Bambi have. Both of them have emotional authority. And emotional authority is about 50% of the population. So these are individuals who access their truth through a felt sense in their body of like emotional realm, what's going to make them happy, those sweet, expansive, rising emotions, that is what's pointing them towards their truth. So 
in our conditioned society, we have such a strong emphasis on mental analysis and really thinking our way through our life, weighing the pros and cons, asking experts. But human design is really showing us that each of us have this incredible wisdom that lives within our body. We can access this intuition and really feel directly what is right for me, what's on my soul-led path. So people who have this emotional authority the way that they use this process is by giving themselves time to make sure they are emotionally neutral. Because when they're in an emotional high or an emotional low, it kind of colors their truth and they're not able to really access how they feel. So that's because they have what's called an emotional wave. Besides just having their own regular emotions that are in response to their life, they also just have this kind of mechanical highs and lows of emotions that are designed to help them be deeper and evolve. Like every new emotion is a new experience, like almost like a new movie they're watching to help them see life in a deeper way. But when they're in those highs and lows, like I mentioned before, they cannot access their truth. So for 50% of the population, approximately giving yourself time, sleeping on it, really, you know, using the phrase, like, thank you for this opportunity. Let me sleep on it and get back to you and waiting to be neutral to be able to feel that. So this is so important because then the next most common authority is what you have, Melissa, which is sacral. So people who have sacral authority are designed to be able to access their truth spontaneously. Big life decisions. They are able to just feel that gut feeling right away of like, it's either a hell yes or a hell no. That rising it actually comes from the sacral energy center. And so just right here in your own family, knowing okay, Melissa's making decisions, isn't in the present moment, really trusting her body. And then Nick and Bambi, like, why don't you sleep on it for a big decision? And I really want to highlight that these are only for really important decisions, things that feel like they're going to alter the course in your life in some way. It's You kind of have like a different way of, of navigating small decisions around your food and exercise and answering emails and working in a day-to-day moment. But for bigger life things, do I want to get married? Do I want to sell my house? Do I want to take out this loan and start this business? That's where you really want to access this inner authority. So for you, Melissa, do you resonate? Like, has there been times where you've really just felt that knowing right away and like trusted that gut, hell yes or hell no feeling? 100%. And Nick will sometimes say to me, he's like, why, why, why not do that? And I'm like, I don't know. Just, just no, it's a no. Yeah. And the thing (laughs) is, is like, I used to really doubt it. And I would be like, well, I need to understand why, like, why am I saying no to this opportunity or saying no to whatever it is? And Mm -hmm. now I've gotten to that place where I don't even question it anymore. Like if my body is like, no, it's a no. And Nick will, yeah, he will go, but why? Like, you know, don't like, are you sure? And I'm like, it's a no, that's it. Yeah. Exactly. And not needing to explain it with those rational reasons is really the way that we're meant to operate. And that takes a lot of trust in yourself. It's almost like surrendering to this own, your own internal power that might not make sense to your mind in the moment, but later on, it just feels like it put you on such the right track. So right here, like for a lot of people listening, just knowing if your partner needs time and you don't, Being able to know that and hold space for one another and guide one another is so crucial because my husband has sacral authority and I have emotional. So we're like the opposite of you two. And I used to tell him like, this is a big decision. I think you should sleep on it. 
give yourself some time. Like, I don't think it's safe to just trust what you feel. And I was unknowingly and not my intention, putting all of this doubt into his experience, you know, not creating an environment where he felt like it was safe to trust himself. And when I discovered this, it was like the biggest light bulb moment in my entire life. And then the next most common authority is splenic authority. So splenic authority is also works in the present moment. If you have this as your inner authority, you also can make these big life decisions in this very spontaneous way. This comes from this very subtle instinct. So sacral authority is really this like loud in your body. It's a hell no, or it's a hell yes. And splenic is a bit more quiet. Some people call it like a quiet whisper, just this feeling of like, it just feels off or it just feels right. And so it's a bit more subtle. People who have splenic authority kind of have to build that relationship sometimes to trusting it because that little whisper only speaks once and it speaks a bit more softly. And then we get on to the ego authority. So either ego manifested or ego projected. And these are people who are really designed to look at big life decisions and ask the question, does this serve me? What's in it for me on the physical plane, as far as resources, as far as what I'm going to get out of it. And people who have this have so much shyness around owning that. Every person we've ever met who has this authority is so warm hearted and wanting to give to other people. So asking that question, does this opportunity serve me? Does it give me what I'm really needing and what my value is, is life-changing for these individuals. And then we'd move on to G-Center authority, which is what Shana has. If it's on your chart, it'll say self-projected and only projectors can have this. And for these individuals, you have to speak out loud to be able to hear your truth. If you're not speaking, you cannot really access your truth. But once you start opening your mouth and just kind of talking about this issue, how you feel about it, it's almost like the thoughts in your head have to become linear. And suddenly you're able to really instantly access this truth that you've been mulling over internally for days. So this is a more rare authority. And then we move into mental slash environmental, which is even more rare. So this is once again, only projectors will have this one. And for this, it is about using your mind to actually analyze things. But then it's about going to your favorite environments and feeling in what feels right kind of in that body space when you're in those environments. And then lastly, our reflectors who have lunar authority. So that's giving themselves that entire month, an entire lunar cycle to feel into their truth. So the first three that I talked about are going to be the most common. And these last ones of the eight are going to be a bit more rare, but just knowing that there's this many different ways that we're designed to make these powerful decisions. I think it's one of the most beautiful love languages you can have is helping someone else come to their own truth because we're so used to when we love someone, our friends and family, we've been taught to really tell them what we think they should do or what makes sense or what the experts think. But the new way of loving someone is saying, I know that this is how you access your truth. So I'm going to hold space for that and guide you to that and let you really come to your own conclusion. I love that so much. It's so beautiful. And doing this with our children. So my stepson is inner authority. That would be mental slash environmental. So as a projector on the chart, it depends on where you pull the chart up, but it'll say inner authority or it'll say no inner authority as a mental projector. And so that's incredibly rare. And there's not a lot of information online about mental, we like to say mental slash environmental authority, but 
he makes decisions so differently than the rest of your family. So for you, Melissa, you have a really defined spleen and a really defined sacral and they're connected, which means that you have these intuitive hits that of that feeling of like, it just feels right or just feels wrong. It's connected to this gut feeling of like, hell yes or hell no. And you're able to make those decisions in that moment coming straight from your own intuition and body. And saying to somebody who has mental slash environmental authority, like your stepson, trust your gut. And I resonate with this because I also have a like more rare projector authority with my G-Center authority. Like I felt my whole life like, I don't have a gut. Like, what does that mean? Like, I genuinely don't know what the feeling is of having a gut feeling. And I thought that like, nobody knows. It's just a saying that people say. And then having human design and realizing like, oh, I literally don't have a gut feeling. And that's why whenever someone would tell me that, I would it would be impossible for me to make a decision. It would confuse me even more. So with mental slash environmental authority, it's all about hashing everything out mentally. It's these two parts. The mental side is like, okay, let's put everything on the drawing board and really look at all the pros and cons and all the finances and everything about it mentally. And then set that down and go to your favorite environment. So it's so important for people with this authority to have their go-to coffee shop that they just like the vibe, their favorite park or lookout spot that they just really like the energy of, their favorite spot in their home or their yard that just feels like their zen den or their safe space that just feels really clear and good. And after you've done all that mental analysis, set that down and go to those environments and You're designed to really have this clarity that just drops in when you're in these like healthy environments for yourself. And that's because their chart is so open that when they're around those other people that might be in those spaces or the energies there, it connects their chart for them to access this just kind of dropped in knowing of like, this just feels right or it just feels wrong. And it's only by having those two parts of the process that they can make decisions that are energetically correct for them, that they just have this confidence with. So decision-making is honestly the biggest part of human design, I would argue, with making decisions that are energetically correct for us. And I think it's the most radical part because we're so conditioned to use our minds and to let our mind lead the way. But human design is really saying your mind is here to observe It's here to process. It's here to inspire and create. It's here to share and connect, but it's not here to make those big life decisions for you. Your body is connected to that higher plane of knowing of what's going to be energetically correct for you as a unique individual. Mm, I love this so much. And you can go so deep with it. Like you can just keep going and keep going and keep learning. (laughs) And I'm sure you girls are learning still so much about yourselves and other people. So talk to us about the human design diet. Ooh, I love that you asked this. So this is a deeper layer in human design. So like you said, we could talk about human design for the rest of our lives and we probably will. And the diet is getting into what human design calls your primary health system, your PHS. So using your strategy and authority, which is what we've been talking about so far of using your body, like listening to your body to respond or to inform or wait for the invitation, depending on your type, and then making decisions that are correct for you listening to your body, that's always going to come first before any of the diets or the primary health system stuff. And that's because 
Your strategy and authority is guiding you towards what is right for you as an individual. So if you hear one of these diets and you know, and you look yours up and your body or your gut or whatever your authority is says, hell no, that doesn't feel good for me. That is your truth. And that means that this diet is not supportive for you right now. However, as you decondition, as you come more into alignment with hearing your body's truth, you'll notice that these diets or environments or mindset as it goes deeper and deeper into your chart feel really supportive in allowing you to have more success in life, to feel healthier in your body. It just kind of like settles into alignment. So we always like to talk about strategy and authority first, because it has to be the guiding place. And then when you get into your diet, it's like, okay, use your authority and see if this feels right for you. So your diet and human design, it's really talking about what nurtures you almost energetically and how you digest life. So it's not just about the actual physical food that you're consuming. A lot of the diets are around the energetics of the food, the environment that the food's in, the temperature of the food. So it gets really interesting here, but it's never going to say, you know, you should eat keto or you should eat, you know, whatever. I can't even think of another diet, paleo. It's really going to tell you this is kind of like the type of food or the energetics of that food. So Dana, do you want to get into all the different diets? Well, I just wanted to add here that especially for adults, when you first hear your diet, it can be like, that sounds super strange. I'm not into it. But the more (laughs) you start experimenting with your strategy and authority, I found so often that people really come back around. So like one of them, for example, one my husband has, his diet is called appetite. And it means that he has this energetic digestion system that you can kind of think of it as like the most primal, like a caveman diet, where he's really designed to digest one thing at a time. Now he is someone who is really drawn to foods that have a million ingredients in them. And a lot of people who have this diet are that way. They're drawn to these curries and stews that have all of these spices and all of these things. And actually eating in this diet that's very simplified brings balance to their system. So it's not necessarily something that they naturally would want to do or that they're drawn to do, but the more that they do start living in alignment with their truth, like my husband has, it's been about three years for him. And now suddenly he's really just instantly embraced this diet of wanting to really simplify things and feeling how much better he feels, how much more he digests his food when he does simplify things and how it brings balance into his life in all of these other ways. So for adults, oftentimes that's the experience. What's interesting though is for children and for babies, they almost always resonate with their human design diet from a very, very young age. And then our society or our conditioning kind of programs them away from that. So for kids who are eating by their correct human design diet, it's so beneficial for their brain development, for their overall health and well-being. And you'll oftentimes find that naturally they are wanting to eat in that way. So just for example, Bambi's is called hot thirst. And this means that she is designed to eat foods that are warm. She's designed to drink liquids that are a little bit warmer, at least room temperature or warmer. And that really helps her system really digest whatever she's eating. So cold snacks, you may find that she's not as drawn to them as much. So with this, it's really about, it's not like all or nothing with human design diet. It's just knowing when we need to support ourselves, when we're needing that nourishment. If we're ever experiencing issues with our sleep, 
or like skin issues or anything like that, it's kind of leaning into, okay, I'm going to have more hot foods if this was, if hot thirst was your diet. So do you find that she's drawn to like hotter things or not cold things? No, she loves all food, like all food. (laughs) But in saying that it is like, it is very hot. We're in the middle of summer right now. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, Mm -hmm. beautiful, fresh fruit, like a cold apple, like she, she eats anything. She really does. She loves Mm -hmm. anything. So I don't know. I I haven't noticed like where she's drawn to, yeah, more cold or more hot, but she just, she loves all food. She's a great eater. Wow. And honestly, as a man, Jen, food is so important. Manjans burn a lot of energy and having food that they want to eat in their body is honestly can set them up for success for the rest of the day. If they start off eating something that they just don't want, it kind of can be this domino effect where everything just feels harder for the rest of the day. But with this hot thirst, this is actually my diet as well. It's eating, it's kind of in human design. It's a little Ayurvedic here. It reminds me of where with hot thirst, it tells us that you run colder and your digestive system benefits from having foods that are kind of pre-digested, if you will, by being warmed up. But that also can look like having applesauce instead of having an apple because that's been processed a little bit or pre-digested, if you will, before you're consuming it. Um, So you can play around with it and see what feels supportive. For me, I thought that I had to, you know, to eat healthy. It was salads and raw food, raw fruits and veggies. That's the way that I should eat. And learning that I have hot thirst It's been a game changer how just drinking a hot glass of water with nothing in it, just no tea or lemon or anything, but just warm water before I eat anything else just really sets my body up for digesting whatever else I'm consuming throughout my day. So like Dana said, it's not all or nothing. It's just like, okay, let me set myself up for success. I'm going to start with warm water to just allow my system, almost like open my pores up in my system to receive this food. So some of the other diets, there's 12. So we're not going to get into all of them because we'll be here forever. But some of the other diets, you know, there's, there's some that are designed to be really choosy and eat really seasonally and really lean into their own particular taste. Some people are designed to be picky eaters and that's actually how they select what's healthy, what they're going to digest well in their body. And then there's some diets where it really depends on the environment. So my husband, for example, His is called Nervous Touch, and this is the same as Dana's. And this is all about eating in environments that are stimulating. And this is because, once again, like hot thirst, medicine of the opposite, his internal system is a little bit more sluggish. And eating in an on the go or, um, you know, having a smoothie in the car would be better than him sitting down at you know, the table and eating a full breakfast before going to work, snacking, eating charcuterie boards, tasting as you're cooking, all of that just stimulates his more sluggish internal system to digest his food in a more active way. So it's not so much about what are you eating? It's how are you eating it? And 
then there's some people who are the opposite where it's their internal world is really heightened. They have anxiety. They have a lot of internal dialogue and things going on in their body. So eating in a calm environment called calm touch in human design is actually the most supportive way that they digest. So sitting down, having a meal, having like their courses go and having like limited stimulation around them would be the most supportive. And some of the others, you know, that gets into the sounds. Some people are digesting their sounds as they're eating. So high sound and being in an environment where there's music and talking and sharing and, you know, whatever, or having low sound and eating in an environment where you really have just like peaceful music playing or nothing at all really being conscious of, okay, I'm digesting the sound around me. So is it something that I want to digest or not? Is it something pleasant? Did the conversation change into something that feels toxic or just heavy? And maybe it just won't take a bite until the conversation shifts. Just kind of noticing those little things. And then the last one is the most sensitive, which is light and eating in either light, like dim lit candlelight or after the sun set, having your biggest meal at nighttime or the opposite eating in the bright daylight. If you have direct light diet and eating, you know, your biggest meal during the daytime for breakfast and having a smaller meal after the sun's gone down. So it sounds really kooky and crazy, but when you start leaning into your diet, we can't tell you how many people we've met with, you know, light diet. And they're like, oh my gosh, I have always never, my appetite's just gone by the time it's dinner time. Or I really just don't have hunger until it's around dinner. And then I have a midnight snack and I'm a night owl. So it's pretty crazy how different it can be, but it's so supportive once you start leaning into it. So fascinating. So where can we see and find out our diet type? Where, where's that information? Yeah. So normally you would have to look at a whole different chart. Like your traditional human design chart is not showing you there, but actually on our website at daylunalife.com and there's other places too, that you can look it up. We have it listed there. So it'll be like in the written categories on the side. Perfect. So what is mine? Um, yours is actually cold thirst. So eating foods that are either room temperature or cooler and drinking liquids that are not too hot. So it's the exact opposite of Bambi's. Wow. And what's Nick's? Nick's is called open taste. So his is all about eating seasonally and really making sure that he's eating the foods during that season. And he can oftentimes get kind of stuck on that one food for the season because this is local and fresh. And and this can be really beneficial for his digestion to eat that thing until the season has shifted. Oh, I love this so much. Just understanding yourself on such a deeper level. It's so exciting because you're only going to deepen your relationship with yourself. You're going to deepen your relationship with your friends, with your children. Having this knowledge about your children is only going to help you parent them in a supportive, loving way. Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, human design has so many layers, but one of our favorite things to look at when it comes to children is actually the profile, which you'll also see written in those categories. And the profile is like this personality archetype, but it tells you a lot about how you're designed to learn and then externalize and teach. And so even just knowing that 
not only does everyone move through the world in different ways, is everyone nourished in different ways, but also we have these different styles of learning. You know, some people, if you have a one in your profile, you're really here to investigate and you want to dive into podcasts and documentaries and read all of the books. And once something has piqued your curiosity, which Nick has a one in his profile, you really want to dive in in that way. Whereas if you had a three in your profile, like you do, Melissa, you really want to learn through your own experience, through your own discovery, through trial and error, jumping in and feeling that truth and that wisdom in your own body. And then if you had a two in your profile, like Bambi does, you're really the natural. So you learn by just finding what is natural to you and doing that thing and kind of by sharing it or just allowing yourself to jump in and already teach it to other people. That's the way that you really solidify the information best. So Shane and I are two fours like Bambi is. And when we were kids, you know, we loved like teaching our parents how to do a math thing that we didn't actually know how to do. But once we started teaching it, it would uncover how much we actually knew about it. So we all have even these like learning styles and holding space for that. You as a parent, who's then helping your kid or teaching your kid, knowing what's supportive for them, what's supportive for you. And where do you hold space for those differences or those similarities? Mm, I love this so much. So, so, so amazing. So can people go to your website and get a free, not a free reading, a download of their chart? Yeah. So on our website, um, you can pull up your chart for free and it's going to show you on the side the different categories, like like Dana said, um, that kind of give you a little brief description of what each thing means. And it was really important to us to put on the diet information um, as well as the environment information and the mindset information, which are those deeper layers in human design. But we added a little blurb for each one so you can kind of start observing and leaning in and experimenting with them. But but it's just so cool to look at your family and to see, you know, just how you're similar and where you support each other and how you connect. And you guys as a family unit, you support each other so much that it can feel like we're stronger when we're together kind of energy. And knowing that Bambi's going to be a natural and she's not so much here to like try it and see what sticks. She's more so here to observe and feel like do you think that's going to work for you or not? And she'll tell you if it will. And asking her like, hey, why don't you teach me how How do you do this thing? And her just doing that, it's going to build her confidence so much. So it's just really, really cool. We have parenting cheat sheets. We're really into parenting with human design because it's just honestly the most powerful place to lean in with raising your kids as with as little conditioning as you can. Mm, I love that so much. And we'll link to the parenting cheat sheets. And also you guys have an incredible book that is out, Your Human Design, Discover Your Unique Life Path and How to Navigate It with Purpose, which I'm so excited about. It's such a beautiful book. I kind of think every single human being needs to have this book. (laughs) It's incredible. Like you'll understand yourself so much better. And like I said, your partner, your friends, your children, It's such an incredible book. So I'll link to that as well in the show notes. But I would love to hear, knowing your designs and so much about yourselves, what are your daily routines? Talk us through how you prime yourself for the day. What are your rituals and your routines? I would love to hear from each of you. Yeah. So 
my routines, I'm designed to have my go-to rituals that I do over and over and over again. And when I'm going to meditate, I do it this way. When I'm going to work out, I do Pilates. And when I'm going to, you know, have a comforting beverage, it's always cacao. And I'm designed to have my go-to things. And actually Bambi and Nick are both designed for that as well. Whereas you, Melissa, you're designed for flow and to let every day be different. And sometimes you're into that and sometimes you're into this and to really not force yourself to stick to one thing. So I just wanted to say that. But for me, I just want to say one thing that makes so much sense because Nick is like, so like to the T, he is like scheduled and routined and like everything is documented. I, I still love routine, but I'm like, what will I do this morning for a workout? Let me just see how I feel. Like I want to tune into my body. I might go for a walk or I might do a Pilates. Like I'm more in flow where he is very much what, like this is the routine and this is what I do and ticks it off. Yes. And that's so supportive for both of you to be the opposite there because we have this kind of misconception that if we're super structured and disciplined, then there's no room for creativity and flow. And it really just depends on your chart. So for Nick and for Bambi, the more like this is my schedule, these are my go-to foods. I don't have to think about it. It's just I know that this is what's already set up. It's this support so that way creativity and flow can more effortlessly happen throughout your day because you don't have to think about what am I going to eat and when am I going to have this call and when am I going to work out and all that stuff. So whereas for you, that would feel really limiting. Of You'd feel boxed in if you had too much structure, too much discipline, and too much like I always eat oatmeal every single morning. It's so much, so much better for you to have that flow. So for me and my routines, I start my day every day with a cup of cacao and I sit in cacao ceremony with myself and my guides and I use my G-Center authority of talking out loud and speaking to the universe to hear my truth and speaking to myself to hear my truth. And it's why I can get on a really good ramble or rant because my G-Center just channels through me for me to even hear what it is that I'm wanting or needing that day. So even that alone, I can just do that for 10 minutes and it just sets me up for success for the rest of the day because I have a clear idea of what my my path is. But Dana, what would you say for you? Yeah. So even though Shane and I are both projectors and we're both two fours, which is such a huge similarity, I ha- we obviously have lots of differences. So I'm someone who's designed for total flow. Like having a routine at all is not really beneficial for me. So my morning, every morning looks different. Sometimes I like to go for a hike in the morning. Sometimes I like to dance. Sometimes I like to meditate. I always really allow myself to do kind of that flow. And one of my biggest practices in human design is actually observing my emotional wave. So for that 50% of the population that has emotional authority, then you have an emotional wave like I do. And you wake up kind of on the right side of the bed or the wrong side of the bed or somewhere in the middle. And observing my wave really deeply connects me to divine timing. It connects me to soul lessons that are wanting to come through me and help me evolve and have more depth and more resilience in my life. So really observing my wave and kind of journaling, am I on a high, am I on a low, or am I really neutral, connects me to my version of truth. And then I can tell when I am neutral to be able to access my truth and make big decisions. But observing that wave and really being aware that when I'm in a low, I might feel things or want to say things that are not actually my truth. 
So to hold back and to not try to resolve conflict, especially in my relationships, that's a huge practice for me. It's like, I might be feeling this, but it might not be my truth. It might be my emotions that are coloring my experience. And that is a gift to me to show me what my life looks like through this lens, but it's not my forever or it's not my truth. So for me, observing that wave is something I do every single morning. And I check in a few times a day and really just kind of allow myself to get the depth. And when I am in that low on my wave, I like to journal around the question, what is this teaching me? How is it helping me grow through seeing my life in this way or from this lens? So those are kind of my biggest practices. And then for both of us, since Shane and I are projectors, we like to really try as best we can to not overwork because that's the number one thing that puts us out of alignment is trying to be consistent, trying to hustle, trying to keep up with other people. And it's challenging when you love what you do and you have a business that you're so passionate about. You want to work as much as you can. But for us, we really only have that two to four hours a day. So setting that timer, being really aware, forcing myself to put a pin in projects when I'm feeling really exhausted is another one of my big daily practices. Mm, I love that so much. You guys really do honor your design, which is so beautiful. Now, I'd love to hear if you had a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world. Now, besides your book, which should absolutely, (laughs) no joke, it should be in the school curriculum. Mm. Absolutely. Imagine if we had this knowledge and understood more about ourselves before we left school. Like, I know. Wow. It'd be amazing. But besides your book, what is one book you would choose? Yeah. Well, I just need to add to that, that it's learning human design and having the language. I think from a young age, we have the messaging of be yourself, be yourself in this world. And it's like, okay, but who am I? Like, great. I want to be myself, but I have no clue who that is or how to do that. So having this languaging is just, it's mind blowing. And yes, every school, I would love that. But I don't know. I would probably say the four agreements. That's what I was going to say, Shana. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, I would say the four agreements of really just having that awareness of how you are seeing the world and how you are impacted by other people and not taking things personally. And I think that that book really just gives you a good guide or understanding of taking accountability for yourself and for your own emotions and how you observe things. And when paired with human design, it's even, I think you can take it to like a really deep place. But yeah, I would say that book. Do you have another one that you would add, Dana? I mean, I just have to say, I was going to say that same book. It's been a game changer for me. And I've been able to share that book with a lot of people who are a little like human signs, a little woo woo for me, but the four agreements is something that they can really take and run with it, right? Because it's so universalized. There's so much in this world that seems like it's out of our control, but there is so much that we actually have empowerment over. And I think that that's the same messaging in human design. It's like, you can't control the unknown. You can't control the unfolding of life, but you can navigate life with confidence as your best self. And if you've done that, you don't need to worry about anything else. So that piece around empowerment and knowing what you can really focus on to make your life better and more authentic, I think is so crucial. So 
also another book that, you know, was so life-changing for me. It was Eckhart Tolle and New Earth. And I would, my old conditioned self would say, maybe high school kids would, that would go over their head. But I've met some high school kids recently that have blown my mind. Like the new wave of human beings born into this world are here to help us really grow and shift. And so I'm going to say that probably a lot of high schoolers are ready for that kind of content and have a lot of internal wisdom around how do I live this life from a place of soul instead of from a place of ego or shoulds or expectation? Mm, I absolutely agree. The beings that are coming through now, they are, wow, they are incredible. They're incredible. Like I look at Bambi and I'm like, you are just beyond like her level of presence and Oh, just everything. I'm like, the babies that are coming through now, they're just, yeah, incredible. And I agree with those books. They're both so amazing as well as your book. So if you guys are looking for some new reading, definitely check out those three books. I will link to them in the show notes. Okay. I've got three rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready? Yes. Love it. Okay. What is one thing that we can do today for our health? Oh, wow. Okay. I think definitely managing your stress and becoming more aware of your nervous system and how to regulate it has been crucial for me lately in in all aspects of life. Yeah. I would say taking deeper breaths, just taking a deeper breath, feeling where that's going in your body. It takes a second and it's just really checking in with how are you actually feeling? Because with our health, we give our power away a lot. What does my doctor think? What does this diet say? And really checking in with, okay, what does my body feel in this moment can just be as simple as a big deep breath to check in. Mm, I love that. Beautiful. Okay. What is one thing that we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Mm. Oh, I was going to say, actually, our human design environment, when you're in this space where you are your most nourished, naturally, you're at your most abundant. So that's another level of PHS that you can look into. But I would say in general, when you are really trusting your body to be in the right place at the right time, that's when you align with the synchronicities and support that is truly meant for you. In fact, that support and abundance can't miss you when you're honoring your truth and when you're listening to your body. Yeah. And I would say, um, honoring your energy levels and really looking at where am I keeping myself from holding abundance, whether that's an abundance of love or an abundance of like, where am I playing small in my own internal world? And that playing small energy can be, I don't want to look in the mirror. I don't want to have deep convos with my partner, or I don't want to look at my bank account, or I don't want to really take accountability for my side of the street. And when you take that radical accountability and really look at yourself and extend that love, that is so magnetic and it kind of aligns you to that frequency of abundance. I think about abundance and accountability are really tied together. Because, yeah, I just, I could go on and on. But yeah, accountability. I love that. Okay. One thing that we can do for more love in our life. Oh, I think it it would be look at the places that you feel that you want to make a difference or that you want to change the world, whether that's within your family or the things that you feel like your family members could change or do better, or whether that's offerings or ways that you're wanting to help in your work. But looking at those places and then looking at yourself 
to say, how can I give that to myself first? How can I see that in myself or live that in myself? And I think that with the topic of love, we think that if we love someone or the world, then we have to do everything for them. We have to sacrifice ourselves for their needs. Their needs are more important than our own. And really, love has boundaries and it's self-love. Honoring your needs, starting with yourself first is the best way that you can love others. So really just tuning into like enlightened selfishness, if you will, of, okay, yes, I see what other people are needing, but that doesn't mean I have to sacrifice myself saying no more. All of that cultivates more self-love. What would you add on to that, Dana? Oh, I wanted to say when we talk about love, I think for me, the thing that's been the most helpful is tapping into universal love and seeing the places where I am never alone. Like even being out in nature, I'm with my family, the trees and the grass and the animals. I'm a part of it. And that feeling of belonging is love. And the more I connect with that, the more I see it reflected in my human relationships. And also when it comes to that abundance and having what you need and being supported, seeing the way that our planet gifts us all of the medicine we need, all of the nourishment we need, all of the resources we need, that is a mother's love. And the more that I connect with that, I feel like it just creates such an ease and harmony in the more like relational human to human love in my life. Mm, Absolutely. That's so beautiful. I love that. Ladies, this has been so amazing. Is there anything else that you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom or anything that you wanted to talk about? Um, This has been so fun. Thank you for having us. And, you know, something that's really big that we haven't quite touched on with human design yet in this conversation is the theme of purpose. And human design has a really fresh take that we love so much about it. I think we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Am I living my purpose? Am I doing the thing I'm supposed to be doing or the world needs me to do? And actually, our purpose is something much more natural than that. It's not something that lives in a realm of pressure, it's something that we are. It is who we be, right? It is the energy that we share in everything that we do. And your body is innately connected to your purpose. Your purpose is not something you have to earn. It's not something you have to discover. It's something that you become when you just love and honor yourself. So that's a big message I wanted to share in the end is this journey of human design experimenting. It's like, okay, what is it for? It's for that natural expression of being who you are and the extension of that is feeling the way you are giving the medicine that only you can give to the world around you. And I just wanted to share that message that you are your purpose. Your purpose is designed to flow through you. It's not something you have to earn. It's not something you have to seek. It's something that you remember as you allow yourself to be who you are. So beautiful. I mean, I don't have anything to add on to that, but because so many people are so unique and there's so many places that you can explore, whether that's your purpose or parenting or diet or energy levels, how you're working or showing up in your relationships, there's, like you said, you can use this in every aspect of your life. Day Luna has kind of become its own. Day Luna is a mansion, by the way. So Day Luna has very so many different things. Where we have parenting cheat sheets, we have ritual kits, we have our book, we have video courses, we have a full training, um, we have retreats. Like there's so much that we have going on in our realm, but it's all unique journey. So it's really asking yourself, okay, 
I'm hearing this and I'm feeling called and looked at my chart. How do I want to dive in? Do I want to listen to some podcasts? Do I want to take some video courses? Do I want to dive in in a tangible way? It's going to be different for every single person. And we're just so excited to be a little part of your human design journey. Oh, ladies, I love what you do. I love Day Luna. This is so amazing. You are helping so many people and you are supporting so many people. And I love all of your juicy offerings. Like like you said, there's retreats, there's books, there's online courses, there's everything. And we'll link to everything in the show notes. And I just love all that you are doing in the world. You're helping and you're serving so many people. So I want to know how I and the listeners can give back and serve you today. Hmm. Well, you can go to our website, which is daylunalife.com. And you can find us on Instagram, which is at dayluna. But I would say the biggest way that you can give back is to look up your type and your strategy and authority and to really tune into your body. Like take a moment, take a deep breath, feel like either listen to a podcast on what your authority means if you're not sure, and just tune into this present moment of what is the next, what it feels right in my body in this moment to do or to say or to spend my energy doing right now. And that is healing the world. This moment is all you need to start healing the world right now. And I think that's the way that we can kind of all give back to each other. I love that so much. Anything you want to add, Dana? Um, no, I just wanted to say that, you know, I want to echo what Shana saying lately, I've just been feeling so fired up about being able to spread this wisdom and getting to see people actually changing their lives. And I think we're experiencing such a huge shift right now. We're seeing it with people wanting to change their jobs. So people really honoring their own truth and creating what they want to create is such a gift to us. We love hearing people's stories. We are the definition of human design nerds. So if you want to send us a DM on our Instagram at Dayluna and tell us what, you know, what struck a chord with you or what your experiment has been, we love getting to nerd out and share those conversations and just be on this journey together. Hold each other's hands. We're on our human design journey and we love being able to connect with others on theirs beautiful and I will link to where people can go and discover their human design in the show notes which I highly recommend everyone goes and does right now it is such amazing information so thank you so much beautiful ladies I have loved this conversation I adore you both and your work thank you for being here thank you so much for having us I hope you got a lot out of this conversation and I really want to encourage you to go and discover what your human design is because you're going to understand yourself on such a deeper level and then come over to Instagram and tell me what you are. I would absolutely love to hear. And for all my fellow generators, come on over and tell me what you love about being a generator. I would love to connect with you. I would love to hear from you guys. So come on over to Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini. And if you loved this conversation and you got a lot out of it, please subscribe to the show and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that all of my episodes will just pop up in your feed so that you never have to go searching for a new episode. Now, before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful. And I love that you want to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself. And I want to honor you for showing up today. You rock. 
Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.